Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with with me, Maria Menudos. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Monday to you all back in our West Coast studio with Miss Steph Sabra. I'm so glad you're back. Thank you, Mr. Stephen Lemieux in the booth. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Good to be back. Our quote of the day, the way you think, the way you behave, the way you eat can influence your life by 30 to 50 years. That's by Deepak Chopra. Um, very, very true. We have such a cool show for you guys today. I'm so excited. If you're joining us live on YouTube, hey, <laughs> <laughs> hello, what up, everybody? <laughs> um, we are so excited. We have Kelly Noonan Gores on the show today. She is the writer, producer, and director of the documentary Heal that is currently on Netflix, where she brought in kind of the best of the best healers and um, gurus. Including and, Deepak Chopra. Yeah, including Deepak. Um, she has shared all, shared all of her healers with us here on Better Together, so we're super grateful and thankful for that. And um, her documentary was really game-changing. It really opened people's eyes to all of these holistic um, practices and all of these alternative ways to think about healing. 
and um, and put it all in one place for people. And so it's it's really such an amazing duck if you haven't seen it. If you've been with us here on this show, you know I talk about it all the time. Um, but we have Kelly coming up in just a little bit, which is exciting. But yes, I'm back. Finally. Woo! I'm back. I How feel was like the I've been trip? gone. I feel like you did so much. I feel like I've been gone for years. Me too. So I went back to Boston again <laughs> for my work with Purina and Rally Healthcare. So um, with Purina, we were doing this really cool um, program called the Purple Leash Project. And it's in, um, we're going to be talking about it in our show in October, mm-hmm. Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Anyway, only 10% of shelters in this country um, allow people to bring their pets. And so survivors are often faced with the decision of whether to leave their abuser or not. Um, so it's like safety or their baby, you know? And so it's a really tough decision. So Purina put a half a million dollars behind this program to, uh, renovate shelters all over the country so they could make it possible for people to leave their abuser with their pet who in some cases, um, save their lives. So that was a really cool project. And then with rally, we were in, uh, Boston, we went all over checking out kind of the cool, nutritious, healthy places you can go visit, which of course I only know the bad places. <laughs> so it was a welcome change for me. Although I did take the entire team for steak and cheese subs. I'm like, you guys have to try Al's steak and cheese. And so we did have that. Were you in your rally gear still? Yes. Oh gosh. We were. <laughs> um, and so anyhow, that was really fun. And it was cool because I stayed right in Boston um, for some of it, and I just got to continue to do that that walk around town and remember back in the day when I would walk by like the Four Seasons and see people in there, and I was like, whoa, and now I was like staying there. You know, it's like those moments that you have. Was um, was that a thing, like the Four Seasons? Was that like the I, big... I walked by it every day to school, and I'd see all these rich people in there having tea, and I was like, whoa, they're rich. <laughs> <laughs> and so, thanks, Rally, for putting me up at Four Seasons. <laughs> whoa. I was rich this time. Um, but yeah, like those moments are really cool. And then, of course, we were shooting some video, and I was like, oh, guys, I talked to squirrels. So I sit on the park bench and a squirrel, like before I kneeled down and the squirrel got on me, this time the squirrel like jumped up on top of me on the bench and everybody's looking at me and they're saying, she's Snow White. I've been saying this. I was dying. I'm like, I think this one might've thought I had food, but he actually hung out for a second. Anyway, it was kind of funny. You're Snow White and you're also a bee pornographer. (laughs) A bee. Oh my God. You saw that, huh? I saw the entire (laughs) I think 20,000 and thousands of people saw it. Guys, so (laughs) I also went to see family. I went to stay with my cousins for a night. My my younger cousins, I never get to see them anymore. And so we spent the night like girl talk in in my cousin Sophie's room. And I don't know why. Sometimes they call me auntie. Sometimes I, I don't know what to say. They're my cousin's kids. So I guess they're my second cousins. Yeah, but I know what you mean. I call my, I have a similar situation and I call them aunt. If yeah. they're older than me in any way, I'm calling them on or on. Yeah, and I'm way older than them. Yeah. Anyhow, so we had a really good time, but we went for this, like, hike. <laughs> Only I would see this. Like, you're in a massive, like, walk, and I find 
mating bees. <laughs> it was crazy. How did, have really you ever, I, I, when you, the first video posted, I said, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And then the narration began. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think they're having sex. And then my cousin's like, no, I think they're, she's delivering. Cause it was this massive bee. And then it took a long time before I realized there was a bee on deck. It was on top waiting to go have sex for the next round. There was a bee in the wings. Wow. Yeah. Bee in the wings. Exactly. <laughs> At least we, bees are so essential for life. So if you got to do it, you got to to do it no and then i felt like i had to protect the bees because they're in the middle of this road and baby carriages were coming by and dogs with their paws and and people with their feet and well, i just they, was like they like being watched maria clearly i mean they were like they found a spot right in the middle of everything so when are we filming your like david attenborough earth documentary where oh, you just God. interpret what you think is happening that would be funny i think we should do it <laughs> i would love that Anything with nature or animals makes me happy. I wish you had just like your little button that could go the natural animals you see. Because we have the rats, the saga of the rat passing away and the funeral. We have the bees. We have the squirrels. Mm -hmm. You have all your dogs. Yep. Oh, there's so many. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. We got to go to the zoo, Maria. There are so many stories, you guys. I would bore you to death. But, um, yeah, it was nice. And then I went home again, saw my parents, had to, like, mediate some stuff back there. (laughs) Oh, you know, I walked in and it was like they were, like, fighting about stuff. And just it's like I understand why parents don't like seeing their kids fight. And it's the same thing, obviously, with kids watching their parents fight. and, And I just, like, I had to sit them down. And I was like, guys, we are so blessed and mom, you're a miracle. Dad, you're a miracle too. My dad's almost died a zillion times at this point. And even when I was back home a couple of times, again, after the last time. And so I was like, when are you guys going to start enjoying life? And, you know, you both have horrible diseases that could take you at any minute, like start living. So I had my good speech and then whatever. My mom was like, Maria, you're so inspiring. She was so cute. Every time you come, you inspire me. And I'm like, and every time I leave, you forget. (laughs) (laughs) So anyhow, we, um, it was cute. And then like, I really reached her this time, which was good. It's hard with, you know, the brain issues because she forgets. And so, before I left, she's like, I'm the luckiest woman in the world, Maria. It was so cute. For you? About me and my dad oh. and I guess my brother, too. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so anyhow. He's keeping it real. Yeah. I, I put up signs in the house. It, it is really interesting with uh, brain issues. Shout out to my roommate. Her mom has Alzheimer's and she's, oh, she's outspoken about it or else I wouldn't be saying it. But it is a different battle to fight and yeah. a di- like people don't get it unless you're actually going through it when it's one of your loved ones it's and she's excruciating you two are so strong to be so patient and yeah loving. well it's it's definitely um it's definitely tough i hung a sign on the refrigerator that basically said we you know we don't allow gossip in this house <laughs> i was like gossip brings darkness and negativity and um, retweet yeah, and it was because like every time my mom my mom started telling me all these stories about people and like family and I go, "Who told you this?" And then I would hear and I was like, "Okay, we're putting up a sign, no more." Cuz it's just it is. It's just darkness and negativity. I'm like, "Let's talk about dreams. Let's talk about the vegetation outside. Let's talk about things we want to do and exciting things we just watched on TV maybe. Like there are other things to talk about." I'm like, "This isn't you and this is darkness that like just kind of corrodes your soul and and just brings more darkness." And so, I'm hoping my little subtle message on the refrigerator would like gets through to people. Um, it is true. Any negative thoughts I don't let, I do not let sit in my head because yeah. it just feeds into every area of your life and you become miserable and your energy becomes miserable. Totally. So, and then I squeezed in some fun stuff. Like I'm really trying to not do what I normally would do. Like I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. So <laughs> I went to a Red Sox game, um, which was super fun with my friends, Adam and Alana of course, we got insane seats right next to the dugout front row. It was insane. I've never sat there before. I've only gone to a couple of games and I've gone up in like the suites and stuff. But Kevin and I used to sell sausages outside on the street. So it was kind of like a another one of those moments where you're like, whoa, this is pretty awesome. No way. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Outside Patriots games too. Oh my God. It was like one was freezing. The other one was sweating like nasty heat. It was oh, just the, the extreme temperatures. Um, and then we went to Tom Brady's um, TB12 opening. Which, if you were watching on YouTube, you saw me take my last drip of my smoothie. Um, and that's got my Tom Brady protein powder in there. Um, do you feel like a Super Bowl champion? I Yeah, I do. I do. In <laughs> fact, I think um, now that they've lost Antonio Brown, I could jump in and I could make some moves. You hear that, Pats? <laughs> they don't really need my help. I mean, they annihilated the Jets yesterday. They The Jets got that accidental little mistake touchdown but anyway we won't get into that is it fall on the east coast no it is gorgeous it it was fall for a minute and then it became beautiful again because i was in new york just before i came home and i went into central park alone and just sat on a well first i sat on a rock this is actually a good one so i'm walking through central park it's literally a perfect day like the temperature was perfect. And I want to just go like meditate. I had just gotten some rough news and I, I still am trying to digest all of it. Anyway, I will share as soon as I've digested. Um, so I'd gotten some rough news. I'm like, let me go into central park and like be in nature and like clear my head and, and focus on solutions here. And so, (laughs) Because it was such a beautiful day, there were so many people out. So everywhere I went, it was like everybody was sitting on the benches. So I find a rock 
in this kind of obscure area, and there's a guy on a rock kind of little diagonal from me. He's close enough, but he's sleeping. He's out cold. And so I sit down, and I'm just breathing and meditating and feeling good thoughts so I can attract more good thoughts and good things, as Esther Hicks has taught us. And all of a sudden, I hear moaning, and I hear him rolling around, and then I see his hand down his pants. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm out of here. No. (laughs) I was like, what the F? No. Yes. Yes. So when bees do it, it's fine. Uh, Yeah, when bees do it, I'm totally into it. Can you imagine if I went over and started Instagramming? You got a David Attenborough. Hold on, that. what's going on oh, over here? You Tell me about your it to process. The public, so, <laughs> is he giving birth? This is my job as a journalist, sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh no, it's so funny. Ew. Yep. yep. It was gross. So I, then I ended up finding another bench and just I got to a good place and I realized, you know, when one of the things that I've learned in this journey is like when crisis hits. You can feel bad for yourself. You can know woe is me and want, you know, like it's easy to want everyone to like shower you with. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like people to feel bad for you. But if we're thinking energetically, that's only going to give you more of that, right? Where are the solutions going to come? Where is the good energy going to come from if everyone's like descending on you like that? So for me, I'm shifting my energy towards exactly what I want because thoughts become things, right? Mm -hmm. And I want my thoughts to bring the things that I want. So Mm -hmm. I'm focusing specifically on that. I'm focusing on going the complete opposite way where I thought I was going to have to hunker down and be depressed. And (laughs) I thought it was going to end a lot of things that I was working on. And I was like, okay, no, we're going to focus on good feeling thoughts. We're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy ourselves. We're going to just focus on solutions and and ask the universe for what we want because the universe has been bringing all the people I need in my life along the way. You know, God has been protecting every step of the way. And so why would it stop now? And so I'm in a really good headspace and it's good. Been really good. And I sat by the pool yesterday and I read Kelly's book. And that was amazing. And there was a moment actually for like about an hour where I didn't even think I was here. I thought I was like in heaven. It was the most crazy experience. Like the temperature outside was literally perfect. Not hot, not cold, not windy. Everything was just still and calm. And I was kind of pinching myself like, is this real? Is this an alternate universe I'm in right now? What's happening right now? It was so beautiful. And I think it was because I really was focusing on good feelings and good thoughts. And it was just like hitting me like a ton of bricks back. Like it's, it's wild. It's wild. I rewatched the secret on the plane coming oh, home good. and it re ignited, ignited so many things. Like I took some really good notes. I'll share with you guys like my top, yeah, top notes that I took that I'm applying. So again. for those listening, you, you heard bad news and then you kind of, you haven't <clears throat> fully ingested it, but instead of, well, I haven't digested exactly what the plan of action is. And also there's, you know, some level of discreetness that I need to mm-hmm keep right at this very moment but you know but your main thoughts were 
as opposed to self-indulging in kind of negativity. Yeah. It was to go in a positive direction. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's major. It, it really is. And that's why these things, I think, happen, right? Like mm-hmm. bad things are like, and pain is an opportunity for growth. Wow. And so I was like, okay, this is probably my next level growth. And I'm going to have to really like dig in here. And, and that's what I'm doing. I'm trying at least. So from the secret, the things that I, I wrote down to remember where thoughts become things and every thought has a frequency. So what you think about, you bring about. That is a really powerful thing because think of like, I think it's something like we have 60,000 thoughts a day or something crazy. Imagine of all the horrible things you think of that you are probably bringing about. Write down, like one of the things they talk about is um, writing down, like I'm so happy and grateful now that like living in the future, now that um, I've achieved maybe something you're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. but haven't achieved it, right? Like we talk about like feeling the thoughts of the success of whatever it is before it's even come so yeah. that you can attract it. Um, there was a woman in there who cured herself and healed herself of cancer. And she said, thank you for my healing all day, every day. Thank you for my healing. Thank you for my healing. She wasn't yet healed, but she was thanking for the healing in advance. And that was what she was attracting. Um, what you resist persists. Mm. Mm, like that family member that you need to confront. Wow. Right? I need that one. That nightmare <laughs> in your life that you just keep sweeping under the rug and saying, I don't have time to deal with that. And I don't want all that negative energy. Well, guess what? What you resist persists <laughs> until you deal with it. I literally, I think, said that this weekend. <laughs> I don't have time for that negative energy. Right? <laughs> but it's like you need to deal with it at some point to put it to rest. Yeah. I mean, I think we learned that. This whole past year with like AfterBuzz and everything, mm-hmm. you know, just you have to deal with the hard things in the moments yeah. to make sure that you can move forward. Totally. Yeah. Um, this was another one. Um, always saying like money comes easily and frequently. That is a, a great way to attract um, financially what you want. And then focus on the positives of a person in a relationship, because if you just keep complaining, you're going to attract more of that. So, if- all right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days, and I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor, and it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios, and then I got addicted, and now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. If there is somebody in your life that is a nightmare, we all have them, um, and you're just like, me and Steph are just constantly talking about, you know, Gino and what a freaking nightmare Gino is, and he's killing me, and, and we're, you know, going over and over and over it all the time, you're just going to keep attracting that. But if you just say, well, you know, Gino is amazing at this, and Gino is pretty positive about that, and I do like when Gino does this, you'll get more of that. 
And I believe all of this and it's I do true too. because you see it and, and it does happen. It's just, do we have the discipline to direct our thoughts? And that's where the power in our lives is, is directing our thoughts. If you have direction over your thoughts, holy moly, you can direct your entire life. But is there, is there any benefit to venting then? Because I feel like people like to vent sometimes with other people when they're in the same kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Is there a fine line between venting and complaining? I would say I'm not the most qualified person for that because I'm on the journey studying. So I would save that question for somebody who is better suited. My gut would say that we're human and there's a moment to vent, a moment to cry, a moment to, oh, woe is me. But you got to pick yourself up and move on after. There are people that literally I know will call and vent to me. Then they'll call and vent to Steph. Then they'll call and vent to you. Then they'll call and vent to 20 people and they tell the same story to 20 different people. How are you not exhausted of That's yourself? That's exhausting. Why are you not exhausted by yourself at this point, right? Well, yeah, if the most interesting thing about you is complaining about other people, that's not a good sign. Exactly. Yeah. So if you recognize it in yourself, <clears throat> when you know better, you do better, we're telling you. Mm-hmm. And so make that adjustment. Like, let it out. There's stuff that's pent up that has to come out that's great. Now focus on what would you like? What, what are your desires? Yeah. And then that will attract the desired outcome. I think it's okay to vent to one person and then after, and that one person has to be someone who you really trust and who can actually provide you good feedback Mm -hmm. and call you on your shit if you're just being annoying. Yeah. And then also, I think the most important thing is that. I realize no one cares. No one cares By about the your way, complaints. Steph, you're very young to know that. I tell people all the time, nobody gives a no shit. No one cares. By the way, they barely give a shit when it's like a real problem, like a real health crisis or something. They're like, oh my God, let me know if I can do anything. And then they run away to their happy, amazing life. And by the way, that's life. That's for you and your inner circle to deal with. Unfortunately, the world isn't going to stop for you. And so, and then with the other stuff, they definitely don't care. No, no. And it just makes your day worse to complain. I, what I've been trying lately, the newest thing is that I allow myself, because I used to be like, you can't have any negative thoughts. And now I'm like, I can, I can think it for a second. And then my second thought has to be positive. There you go. That's why I'm saying vent, but then switch gears. Yes. You know, it's interesting. So Kevin, my husband was with Ashley who, um, used to produce the show with us and um we were talking about this this news and when you talk about making sure you go to the right friend there's the friend that wants to sit on the bar stool next to you that literally just wants you to be miserable like them or that is miserable <clears throat> and then there's the friend that's going to be compassionate and loving but then help you out of it and so She just happened to be there at that moment, and she guided my thoughts. I was probably 80% of the way there, but still, like, not 100% there. I was with my glass of wine in my tub in my hotel being like, I can't believe this is happening. But she helped shift my thoughts to that last last 20% and helped me realize – like, okay, there's a lot of stuff that I've learned in this journey and that I there's just that extra bit that I have to apply and some new things that I'm going to kind of apply that I'm creating on my own. And so, yeah, you need, you need to have the right friend. I feel like you're slowly becoming a Jedi mind master. 
<laughs> Wait, did I? I told Kevin that. I go, I think I'm the Mr. Miyagi of energy now. So <laughs> I had this situation with this really mean person in my life. And I was like, how am I in this situation? Why did I get involved with this person? I'm just trying to do something nice for them. And all of a sudden, this is becoming like really not nice for me. And I, I, I created a new thing. So what I did was I remembered, I had to remind myself that I didn't do anything wrong and that I didn't deserve this energy and that my energy was contributing to it because I was assuming their thoughts or, or, um, assuming I knew what they were thinking. So I was creating some of that energy just with that kind of innocent Mm, mm -hmm. thought, right? But it was still not innocent enough, and I guess in a sense. So I I declared that I wasn't doing anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I was there to help. And that somehow now I was getting it all twisted in my head because I was getting so upset. And I said, I, I meditated before I saw that person. I got confident in my skin and said, I am there to offer something. I'm not there to take. I'm not there to hurt anybody. I didn't do anything wrong. And don't you know, it completely shifted and went the other way. I went from this person being so nasty and mean to completely shifting the opposite way and being appreciative and kind. And so I was like, I'm Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax off. Yeah. So wow, I'm practicing. That's like I'm, really impressive. Like I'm like, it's like my life is like a, a lab. <laughs> I'm like, let's use some chlorofluorophyll and some, you know, <laughs> whatever sodium carbonate. Let's put this together and You're see what this a does. Wizard. <laughs> a Miyagi wizard. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that is. It's really it. You gain more control of your life when you start realizing your energy controls things. Totally. We direct our thoughts. We direct the outcome. It's just if you have to study it to really – because, you know, like I can say this, Stephen, and you're going to be like, okay, well, where's the studies behind this? Where's the science, right? But there is, and it's there. And so if you read it, I I don't retain everything. So I retain the concepts. I don't retain the science part of it, so I can't regurgitate to you the science, excuse me, or the study that proves this, but it is all proven. Um, it works. It, it really, really does. does. And I'm experimenting in all ways because that was a thing that would happen to me a lot where I would get so frustrated because there's some like not nice people out there. And I'm like, wait, I didn't even do anything wrong. Why yeah. am I all of a sudden feeling guilty? And, and like, like I did something wrong. So then I was like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. And then I meditated and I grounded myself and I went in with a different intention. I, and I, I set the intention. I'm like, I'm going to go into the situation and they are going to be appreciative and kind. And that's just how it's going to be. And guess what? That's how it ended up being. I don't think I need to argue with that, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, because, like, you, my whole point is that I don't think there's something necessarily spiritual or magical about it. I definitely think there's a science to it where the, the energy you put out and the vibe you put out, because body language is 90% of the communication mm-hmm. that we have with other people. And if you prepare yourself to have a body language that is an expectation of goodness as opposed to an expectation of people being mean to you, then whether through very small means, it builds up very quickly to be how people are going to interact with you. Yep. And I've noticed it through AfterBuzz and my dealings too, where, you know, if you walk into work thinking you're going to have a crappy day, you're going to have a crappy day. You're going to have a crappy day. And if, <laughs> even if you don't, you're going to perceive it as that way yeah. because you're looking for the bad to, to make yourself right. Yeah. 
So setting your intention for the day is so important. I have to start remembering to do that again. Me too. <clears throat> I used to do it when I'd go out and I'd meditate and I would say at the end, today is going to be a great day. And whenever I did it, it worked. And then I forgot. And then I don't know why you forget because it feels so good to feel good. Yeah. But setting the intention when you wake up makes a massive difference. Yeah. I have, um, Stephen, I do have some science I did save on my phone as I was reading the PDF of Kelly's book. And so it's about atoms. I'm sure you'll love it. So when we come back, we're going to take a break. <clears throat> I will share that with you. But meanwhile, coming up is Kelly Noonan Gore. She's not only the face of the Heel documentary, she's also the director, executive producer, and writer, and now the author of the Heel book. Heel represents the melding of two worlds. She's been a part of the last for the last 15 years, filmmaking, yoga, meditation, and other spiritual pursuits. Can't wait to chat with her. We'll be right back. So Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. This is round two. What made you want to do this book? Um... I think it was a natural progression after the film came out, uh, just to have a further resource for people to mm-hmm. be able to refer, you know, there's so much good information in the documentary. I was able to go a little deeper in the book and a lot of people like to have something they can hold in their hand rather than watch the movie mm-hmm. multiple times, you know? So I figured it was a natural progression and, and the next step. I love it. So did you do more inner? I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Use with everyone to gather more information, or did you just go back to your footage? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I we had so much. We had eighteen hours of interviews, uh, and only you know portions of them could make it into the film because of the storytelling and just you mm-hmm. know limited time. So I was able to pull more information from those interviews and then kind of expand on it with my own, you know, comments and personal experience. So cool. I loved it. I read. Th- I might have been a speed reader yesterday because I read so quickly um, and and I was even reading on a PDF, which was – I was trying to figure out how to load it into my iBooks. And it was just not working. So I was like <laughs> scrolling through. But what I love about it is exactly what I love about the doc is everything was in one place. And I think if you are dealing with any kind of illness – um, of the mind of the body, whatever it is, it's, it's so great to have a resource like that because you literally pulled the best of the best people from every area. Every time I saw them, I was like, Oh yeah, Anita Morshani. Yep. Love her. Uh, Oh, Kelly Turner loved radical remission. Um, you got everybody into one place and all of the best of all of them. So I didn't have to read. I mean, I've read all these other books, technically most of them, but 
if you're somebody who's just getting into a situation, this is such a great book to just grab and immediately get going. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like it's it's a good refresher for anyone that's read all these books and, you know, listened to these mm-hmm. speakers and teachers for so long, but for someone who's just getting into it, it's it's kind of like a introductory platter of what what resonates with you and then dive deeper into that. Yeah, exactly. Like for me, I was snapping photos and highlighting and in my phone because they were good reminders um, and and refreshers. And I think that even if you've been studying it for a long time, it's it's always nice to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, I still find it so fascinating that you didn't necessarily go through a health crisis to get to this place where you were so interested in all of this information. I know it's wild. And, and everybody in every interview asks, you know, what inspired you to take this on? And I wish I had like a, just a clear cut answer, but it was, I can't explain it except it was just a calling. Mm -hmm. Like I knew all of these teachers that I put in the film and speakers and scientists and spiritual teachers, um, they empowered me with whatever book I read or talk I heard or, and, and I wanted to just put them all together to empower other people. Mm -hmm. Well, since you've shared so many people with us, so thank you, because we've had Bruce Lipton on, who is incredible. Um, Joe Dispenza came actually through another friend, but you had given me his info anyway. We would have gotten him on, and he was incredible. Um, Are there new people that you're starting to get inspired by that may make you want to do another documentary? Oh, my gosh. I feel like always, yes. I'm always meeting new people and, you know, so many people come to me and they're like, oh, I want to be involved in the next film or the TV show or whatever I'm doing next. So, um, I'm constantly meeting new people. We, after the film, um, came out, we partnered with Hay House and released, um, an online summit with the full length interviews. So again, it was 18 hours of, of interviews that you could watch for free for a week and then download them. And we just did another, we did a second summit that is coming out at the same time of the book. It's like October 22nd, 23rd. And um, I interviewed all new people except for Joe Dispenza and Anthony William uh, and Peter Crone came back to do it again. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much to explore, like hypnotherapy and mm-hmm. breath work. I'm super into breath work right now. Uh, you know, and there's so many doctors doing cool, integrative things, you know, all over the world. So the list is endless. Tell me about the breath work. Um, I find, you know, it's, it's called many different things like transformative breath work, breath work, but, um, I'm actually going to a class tonight led by this guy, John Paul Crimi, and he was in the second Hay House summit and he just invited me to his workshop tonight. And basically it's, you know, 50 people were lying on yoga mats and there's just a certain way that they guide you through breathing. Um, but he, it transformed his life and he never thought that he would be teaching breath work, but he's, he, he says it's like 10 years of therapy in one night because like the breath, you know, it's, we, we actually release, I think the most toxins actually are, are released during our, during our exhale, which you don't really think about, right? You think of other ways we sweat and all this other stuff. But, um, you know, so he guides you through this way of breathing 
and it's there's just just you're vibrating by the end and any stagnant energy any stuck emotion all of that just gets shaken up and released and mm-hmm. you know people cry people scream people um you know see visions after you know it's it's wild but i think the breath is also we you know we all have our breath it's relatively inexpensive you know you may have to pay for a breathwork workshop but there's you know all these things on youtube you could watch and it's just it's the most powerful healing tool, I think. And to learn how to tap into that and, and embrace it is, is, you know, it's a gift. Was it hard at first? It's so hard because it's uncomfortable, you know. Because we're not breathing. We're not breathing. So we had, um, was it Ashley Neese stuff on the show? Yeah, Ashley Neese. Um, and we talked, she did a whole beautiful book on breath work. But... I still feel like it's such an arduous kind of process, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's really uncomfortable, and and just like you said, we're not breathing as deeply as we should. You know, we we're inundated with all this information, and we're moving a million miles per hour because we're trying to, you know, succeed and mm-hmm. achieve. And so when we're when we're not present and we're moving faster, and our our mind is anxious about the future or depressed about the past, we hold on to our breath. So just when you start to... <laughs> I know, I'm doing it too because I'm thinking about it. That's so funny. Um, and we breathe shallowly, you know. So in this process, you learn to breathe so deeply and it just, it's really uncomfortable to the point where people are moving so much energy through their bodies, like their mouth is doing weird things and their hands are kind of like in claws. It's, it's, it's wild what the body does, but wow. Yeah. I want to do that class. Yeah. Come. Where is it? It's in Santa Monica tonight. Okay. Yeah. I might come. He would totally make room. Really? Yeah. I really will come. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm going to go do breath work. Oh my gosh. Um, I love that. Well, it sounds like a peaceful experience too. Afterwards it's, it's like intense during, but afterwards you feel 20 pounds lighter and you just, and colors are brighter, tastes are richer. It's really remarkable. And how often are you doing it? Not, I haven't done anything Okay, <laughs> because just had the baby and, um, yeah, you know, four, I, four months ago, four months yeah. ago. So that's kind of, I'm, you know, just trying to stay above water with that whole situation. But, um, yes, yeah, so I'm really excited to just kind of get back into it. Um, yeah. the last time I did breath work was, uh, in Costa Rica, I went to Michael Beckwith's Rhythmia mm-hmm. uh, Retreat Center, which um, mostly does plant medicine and ayahuasca, but they also off- offer breath work. So I went down there to to speak and show heal and um, did breath work. And my best friend, who's never really done any of this type of stuff, she she did the breath work and she saw these like visions after, and she still to this day still closes her eyes and sees these colors and these visions come. And so I'm taking her again tonight because she's like so intrigued. Wow. Yeah. When So you must know all of the best retreats at this point. Like how many of these have you done? <laughs> I wish I, I could say that I've done more. Um, I just haven't. I feel like just doing the film. Like I have, I've been on lockdown for the past like yeah. four years. So I feel like I'm a little out of the loop, but I am, I'm, you know, so excited. You let me know if there's any, I should be going. Yeah. On. <laughs> no, I'm constantly asking people. Yeah. There are some that I've been hearing about that I'm going to try to go to, but yeah, when you're trying to get things off the ground, it's not the easiest mm-hmm. time to, to, to pursue time. all of that. Um, what do you think 
obviously if it was a refresher for me, it's a refresher in a sense for you too. What was kind of the biggest things that, or what were the biggest moments that you took from this book where you were like, Oh, I need to keep doing that again. Or I, I forgot about this. I need to remember this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love, um, especially right now being a new mother and everything. Uh, I was, had a deep tissue massage yesterday from this awesome. She's so talented. And she's like, you've got a lot of stuck energy, like right in, in your chest area, like your lungs. And, you know, through my research, you find out that the lungs processes grief mm-hmm. and sadness. And she's like, you know how you love your daughter? She's like, I think you need to treat yourself with that much care and love and like hold space for you the way you As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Mine is the sweet chili. Care for your daughter. And of course, that just like struck a chord and I start crying, like releasing, you know, just sadness and guilt and all these other things that you, when you're busy and when you're taking care of someone else or you're creating a book or doing a podcast, like... You're just putting your attention on something other than yourself. So it was such a beautiful healing moment. And I think, you know, in the book, talking about um, Masaru Emoto's work and and how intention, like we're 70% water and how you, you know, he did all this research about intentions and and how it affects water, right? Yeah. Tell everybody. I have that flag to talk about today. So. Okay. So I just love, you know, and, and a lot of critics in the scientific world say, oh, you know, his research is quackery and all this stuff, but it resonates so truthfully for me. And, and, and he was written, you know, he was published in in scientific journals and everything. So I think it's super legit, but, um, he did these experiments where, for instance, like he took bottles of water and he put labels on them, one being hate and one label saying love or grateful or gratitude. And, you know, the, the, the intention of hate into the water, when they froze the water, the crystals under the microscope were all disjointed and there was no symmetry and no beauty. Um, you know, just kind of ugly, like tense crystals. Then on the other side, um, the love water, the, the, when you infused it with love and gratitude and, and these more positive emotions, um, and intentions, they fill they, they froze into beautiful symmetrical, you know, crystals that are found in nature. And, you know, that's what you find in nature. And, um, and it was just so beautiful because we're, we're constantly beating ourselves up, you Mm -hmm. know, in our minds, when we look in the mirror, we're not good enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not tall enough. We're not skinny enough. We're not successful enough. We're not rich enough, whatever it is. You're, you're just, especially with social media, you're comparing yourself to so many people. And, um, and I just, it just, 
always brings me back to like the, the, the thoughts in our head, especially about ourselves. Um, you know, that affects our cells, that affects the health of our cells and, and the, and the, the natural function of things, you know? So, uh, because we're, again, we're 70% water. So I always love to come back to that because it just, it's a good reminder to stop beating myself up all the time. Cause that mm-hmm. really affects your health, you know? Yeah. Well, your thoughts have such power. It's, um, It's something that I was rereading, of course, in the book about how, you know, an atom is 99.9% empty. Um, Yeah. So David Hamilton talked about it Mm -hmm. and how, you know, it's all empty space, right? So it comes back to us being energy. And we think that, you know, we, we think that we're solid matter. And when you think of something being solid, it's in your mind, it's perceived that it's going to take a lot to change. But if you understand that in, in these atoms and we're 99.9% empty space, we are made up of different, you know, we're vibrating waves of energy. And he says, you know, that helps you understand that, you know, energy can be shifted and energy can be shifted through your consciousness. Mm -hmm. And it just gives you a little bit more like, breath, like, okay, you know, they might, it might go a little slower depending, depending on your consciousness or, uh, but but it it just makes you believe that something can be shifted and something can be healed if you just come back to like we are we are energy. Yeah. So it says here, if you look inside any part of your body with a microscope, you look inside your hand, you find cells. You look inside the cells, you get your DNA in the center of the cell. You look inside the DNA, you find atoms. You look inside the atoms, and there's nothing there. There are protons, neutrons, and electrons, but what's amazing is inside an atom, there's 99.9999999% empty space. So that just shows us that we can control that space mm-hmm. with our thoughts and with our and and the energy we're vibrating on and stuff, or the frequency. Exactly. And our thoughts and emotions are what, and our belief systems, most importantly, um, are what dictate the frequency and the, of that energy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so fascinating to think that we have so much power, um, and that we're not really using much of it. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like after you've been so educated firsthand that you are applying a lot of this stuff? Definitely. And I think that life continues to give me circumstances and situations where I have to apply it. I have to practice what I'm (laughs) preaching. I just said this earlier. It's so crazy. Yeah. You know, and you get to one level of consciousness and then, oops, you fall back down into moments or a period of your life that's stressful or something. You're faced with something and it's just, you're going to continue to be faced with things until you learn the lesson you're meant to learn, you know? Yes. And so, and it's not always linear, you know, you could learn something and then go back and learn it on a different level. And like right now, um, you know, of course I'm all natural and wellness, you know, influencer, if you will, or supposed expert after doing all this research. And, um, so I wanted to breastfeed my daughter, you know, for at least six months, but for sure I was going to breastfeed her solely for a year, you know, mm-hmm. cause that was my intention or expectation. And because of just life and stress and whatever, I, my milk supply just completely dropped like a few weeks ago, which was devastating and everything. And, um, so I had to start supplementing a little bit with formula and she's still getting breast milk every day, but 
I went through all my frozen supply and I didn't pump as much and there was all this guilt. But all that guilt, all that stress, all that expectation I was putting on myself was not helping my supply. So I'm in this new situation where rather than pumping and only getting like an ounce or barely an ounce um, where I used to get five, six, seven ounces, um, you know, and and rather than going, oh my God, that's so sad or whatever, I'm like, okay, you know, like I have to put my, I have to practice what I preach. And so I'm just grateful for any little drop I can get. Um, you know, I'm, I'm determined that my body knows what's best. And, you know, she goes on the breast every day and stimulates them. And I'm just like, okay, you know, it's my body knows what to do and it's going to recover. And this is totally natural. It dips depending on stress and sleep and it's so sensitive. So I'm just, you know, but But if I don't catch myself, if I don't have these tools and this information, like you just spiral. It's so easy to spiral down into fear or negativity. Yeah. So crazy as you're saying that I'm getting like, like really, really heaviness in my chest, like to the point where I have to literally put my thumb there because it hurts so bad. Oh my God. So weird. Weird. Yeah. You're very empathetic. (sighs) It hurts. Like it (laughs) physically hurts. Um, you know, it's, it's. It's exactly what I was saying a little while ago is there, these obstacles become opportunities for growth. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was saying the same thing. I'm like, if I'm going to be pra- preaching all of this stuff to people and I'm developing this health show with Mark Burnett, I'm like, if I'm going to be telling people what they should be doing based on the things that I've been learning, I need to be able to apply it even higher mm-hmm. on a higher level. Right. It's like the, the Ayurvedic specialist has to be the yogi of all yogis, right? You have to be so extreme so that they can follow you because you you just got to be better. Totally. And so I had a a couple situations recently where I was like, okay, why does, like, there's one thing that just, I just haven't addressed in my life. And it's, um, it's a relative and it's just a recurring issue. And I remember being in my backyard and I was just staring at these trees and I'm like, what is it? What am I supposed to know? What am I supposed to be learning here? And it finally hit me. But what was great was that issue with that person was just the, the noise to get me to pay attention to a larger issue that I had been dealing with in my life. Mm-hmm. In not owning my power and not living in my confidence, let's say, and and knowing that I have control over this stuff. Mm-hmm. There's stuff you can't control, and then there's stuff you can control. And so I was really thankful all of a sudden for the nightmare this person kept presenting me because it was it was a symbol of the bigger issue. Mm-hmm. So if you're having a problem, if you can start to think about like, okay, what am I supposed to be learning here? Because that's what all it is. They're all lessons. Totally. And if we don't learn them, they're going to keep presenting. What you resist persists, yes. right? And so... In in the situation like you had with your with your um, breastfeeding, again, you could have just gone completely into victim mode, completely into. And by the way, we all do maybe for a minute or two. But then I was doing the same thing this week. I I got dealt some um, rough news, and I easily started going down. And then realized, well, wait, why am I going down? If I know laws of attraction are really powerful. Why am I not going to be radiating on the highest frequency I can so I can attract the higher frequency so that we can get through this faster and easier, Mm -hmm. right? And so for you, 
Only thing I would adjust is not be grateful for just every drop is to start doing the kind of the Esther Hicks of it. Like, you know, breast milk flows easily and frequently, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like they talk about money flows easily and frequently. Like I would start thinking like breast milk flows easily and frequently. And I thank you for the abundance of milk that I've been producing. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And if you live in that feeling that it's already happening, that you're already ready to pump out seven ounces it will happen, but you have to believe it too. Totally. Right? Like she says, do you follow Esther Hicks at all? I do. And okay. she was actually one of my biggest. I used to run for my, you know, preparing for heal. She was one of my biggest teachers. Yeah. You know? I listen every morning. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how I prime for my day. Amazing. And so you have to believe, you have to, you know, know what you want and then believe like 100% it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, And I love when she says you're like on this vibrating disc of energy mm-hmm. and you can only, things are only going to come to you that match that frequency. So yeah, just like this is my favorite topic of conversation, you know, yeah. and, and like you said, you know, life is going to continue to present to you what you need to, what you, you know, it's a reflection, right? That you're relative. I'm, I'm dealing with a similar situation. I'm and easy to be victim, you know, in yeah. that situation, whether, especially if you get a diagnosis or you're dealing with this yep. nightmare person that's in your family that you can't get away from. And, and it's easy to be like, well, they did this wrong and they did this and I'm doing everything right. But it's, it's not about them. You know, they're a teacher and they're, they're reflecting back to you mm-hmm. what, you know, where you've lost your power or, or, you know, reminding us that we can only change ourselves. We can only change the frequency of that mm-hmm. vibrating disc we're on, you know, and it's, that's, it's so helpful to go through life. And then to ultimately have the belief that life is for you and never against you. It's always supporting you for your highest good and your greatest expression. So like the rough news that you got or this challenge that I'm facing, you know, you have to like, after you have your moment of feeling sorry for yourself, yep. um, you have to take a breath again, get grounded and go, okay, I have to trust that this is putting me in the direction of my highest good. You know, yeah. it may not look like how I want it to look like right now, but if you have that overarching belief of your life, you can get back to trust and acceptance mm-hmm. and just know that you're being, you know, turned into the right direction, you know? Yeah. Well, like for me, as, as I sit here and think about it, who better for this to happen to, let's say, than someone like you who could do the research to find the best formula that's available or create a formula that's the best, mm-hmm. um, that could also do something to relieve women of that guilt, right? Mm -hmm. You have a voice, you know how to use it. Like if you think about it in that context, it's like maybe that is a calling too. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do with this. Totally. Totally. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I think there's, there's a reason for everything, but that's, that's the part that I don't think a lot of people take the time to investigate. Why is this a recurring issue in my life? What am I supposed to be learning here? Mm-hmm. Right. And then, and then how is this for me? Right. Not happening to me. Right. Like it, it was interesting because there was a situation I was watching a video recently online of, of this girl with this horrendous, horrendous disease and situation that was just so tragic, Kelly. And it was like, my heart was hurting and I'm welling up in tears. And I looked at my husband and I go, I, I got to call Tony Robbins. I need to know how is life happening for her, not to her. Mm. 
because I don't know how I would handle that, mm-hmm. even advising or even myself. And he was like, Maria, it's a tool. It's not the answer. It's a tool that you employ. And that kind of helped me a lot too, because what do you say to people who are in like a super, super dire circumstance? You can't say, oh, life's happening for you. Right. You know what I mean? So I had to kind of change that narrative a little bit too, because yeah, I applied it to our brain tumors, but it's not always applicable, right? My mom luckily didn't have pain and all of the things that you would associate. I mean, I know we were vibrating really high and really trying hard to be positive. And, you know, we created, um, just like in the book, the, um, the chemotherapy that she was taking, mm-hmm. they renamed with Diane Portia. Yeah. Uh, um, chemosabe. Chemosabe. Yeah. We, um, we called it, um, the healing pills. Mm-hmm. And so again, when you think about the fact that, you know, your thoughts, um, are so powerful and, thoughts become things. So mm-hmm. if you think you're taking chemo and you think it's toxic, it's going to be toxic. Totally. Um, you know, with the, the whole Joe Dispenza, the, um, the placebo effect, it his is. book was amazing. Yeah. You know, when you think about these nurses that were injecting these soldiers with saline in place of morphine, because mm-hmm. they had none left and it worked and they were able to operate on them. And the mind is super powerful. It's so powerful. And I think the placebo effect is like, that's, I mean, if you learn one thing, this is, this is the thing, um, you know, they, there's so, there's countless research done and studies where they give people asthma medicine that are asthmatic and they, but it's actually the medicine that's in the inhaler actually would stimulate and cause an allergic reaction and an asthmatic reaction. But they tell them that this is going to help your asthma, like over 60% of them didn't have the the reaction that they should have based on Wait, their... the medicine was supposed to make them worse? Make, make them worse. Oh, my God. But they were told that it was, you know, going to open their lungs and clear their bronchial pathways or whatever it is. And, and you know, they should have physically, based on science, had a reaction. And, like, over 60%, 70% didn't because they believe. Yeah. You know? And it's assigning meaning. It's the meaning and the expectation. Like, one of another... Um, study that I love is they did the, this Harvard researcher, Ellen Langer took um, hotel maids because, you know, she saw that a lot of these hotel maids, when they were questioned, they didn't think that they did exercise yet. Everything oh, yeah. they're doing is, you know, physical you know, they're doing physical activity every day, vacuuming, carrying these heavy loads of laundry, whatever they're doing. And so she took, um, half the group and she explained to them that all of these activities they were doing in their daily, you know, in their work day were actually exercise and they were going to benefit their health. And she educated them and and assigned all this new meaning to the work that they were doing. And then the control group, they didn't, she didn't tell them anything. They just went about their day doing the thing. So they measured, um, what she found is that after however many weeks, the the group that were educated that all this physical activity was benefiting their health, they lost weight, their blood pressure dropped, all of these incredible um, positive reactions because now they were believing they were working out all day. Mm-hmm. And the other group, no change in their health. And so she her she concluded that, you know, their health, their body weight, everything was connected directly to their perception of what was going on. And they changed their perception and they literally changed their health. That's all they changed. They went about their day the exact same. So it was pretty, pretty insane. 
It's so insane. Um, I wonder, you know, in the book, there's a whole part where we talk about where you talk about um, holistic versus Western and how Western isn't always the answer. So I want to kind of talk in general about that, that topic. I mean, there's obvious times when Western medicine is important, right? Mm -hmm. But how should, or how would you recommend people look at something when they get a diagnosis? Yeah. So I think just in the most general terms, I think Western medicine is great for acute emergency situations, especially for that would apply, I would think to like a late stage, um, chronic illness like cancer. So, um, you know, you may have to do something drastic, surgery, radiation, chemo to kind of stop the proverbial bleeding, you know, and get you over the hump. But the, you know, holistic is kind of a woo woo term, but I just look at it as addressing the mind, the body, the emotions, you know, the physical, the mental, emotional, and spiritual. Um, and you have to, and, and what I love about Kelly Turner's research, Mm -hmm. even though it was specifically for cancer, her nine key factors, um, that she found that all of these people, these 1500 cases of radical remission and spontaneous healing, she found these nine things that they all did. Um, only you list them. Oh gosh. Do you want me to pull it out? Uh, Yeah, it's so good. The, the, the most important thing is that only two of them are physical, which mm-hmm. is radically changing your diet and using herbs and supplements. Yep. And the other seven are mental, emotional, and spiritual. And I think that is the metaphor. Like when you are doing on a healing protocol, on a healing path, you, you know, only 20% of what you are doing is physical. You have to support your immune system. You have to support, you've got to heal emotionally. You mm-hmm. have to heal the mental, emotional, and spiritual. That's 80% of it. So I think that's a good ratio. Well, I have it here. So radically changing your diet is one. Take control of your health, following your intuition. It's so funny. When I'm advising families, I I have these conversations with them and I'm like, they must think I'm nuts. I'm like, you have to listen to your gut. You have to, whether it's the best doctor in the world or not, you know you better or you know your, your family member, whoever it is, better listen to what your gut says. If your gut's saying no chemo or no radiation or whatever it is, even if it's radical, as long as it's not coming from the brain, like as long as it's coming from like the gut, um, you have to listen to it. Using herbs and supplements, releasing suppressed emotions. Huge. Huge. One of the first things I I go, I go right to the diet. I have like my course now with people. I'm like, okay, we got to change the diet. We got to starve it of sugar. Okay. Um, You know, we go through other different modalities and then I'm like, okay, so there's an underlying emotional um, piece to this. That's something that you haven't dealt with in your life, which most of us just sweep shit under the rug because who has time to deal with that? situation that happened however long ago. Um, and they literally are like, how did you know? Like I'm, you know, some genius. And I'm like, no, that's, it's literally known Mm -hmm. that that is where so many illnesses come from. And as, as we're talking, it's even making more sense to me right now when we're thinking about the fact that thoughts become things and the power that we have, if you know all of that, you know, this is true. So releasing suppressed emotions, increasing positive emotions, Mm. no different than the woman um, in The Secret, actually, that I just watched, rewatched on the plane, who was 
um, part of her therapy was watching funny shows mm-hmm. so that she could laugh. Um, embracing social support, deepening your spiritual connection, and having strong reasons for living. Mm-hmm. So those are the nine key factors to radical remission in Kelly Turner's research. Huge. Huge. That's a good, that's a, like, that's a good recipe. If you are starting on any healing journey to, you know, go through that list and, you know, tick them off because they, I think they're going to help any chronic illness. Well, also when you think about the fact that we now live in fight or flight constantly, most of us are in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And in the book, you, t- you talk about whether it's like a nasty boss or whatever. Like I, I marked it down because I thought it was so important. If you're running all the time, you're mobilizing resources from your gut, from your elimination system, from your immune system, et cetera. And you're putting that energy into your muscles to fight for your life. That's not good, people. <laughs> like long story short, let me just keep it real. That is not That was something that we did when we were running from lions Mm -hmm. back, you know, in those days. We're not supposed to live in fight or flight like we're running from lions all day, every day. Right. That's when our immune system gets compromised. That's when things don't work properly. And that's when the wheels come off the wagon because the body can't support you anymore. Exactly. It's meant for a sprint and we're running a marathon, a stress marathon. And, you know, that's why people are claiming brain fog. Yes, it has to do with your diet, but... When you are in this constant state of fight or flight, you're literally your higher brain centers, your intelligence is getting, the energy is being taken from that system and put into your stress response so that you can face that lion that doesn't exist or exists in the form of your boss, your spouse, your, you know, the guy next to you on the 405 freeway flipping you off, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And that's, you know, the biggest thing is like this back to this holistic, um, holistic approach. It's all about understanding how everything is connected and interacts in this brilliant system that's designed to heal all the time. And we're getting in the way by being in stress all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. so to, so to really like slow down, eliminate the stress stressors from your life, um, have these spiritual practices, you know, inundate yourself with this positive entrainment of, of books like, you know, Jerry and Esther Hicks, mm-hmm. Abraham Hicks work and, and Wayne Dyer and, and all of these other inspiring authors, just so you can start to kind of just inundate your mind and reprogram with, with positive, empowering information. Yeah. Like Tony always says, you can feed your mind or the world can feed your mind. Ooh. Right. And it's something that really stuck with me. That's why I wake up and I listen to Esther when I'm getting ready in the, in the bathroom, because I want to feed my brain and my body and my mind with good things and things that I, tools that I can take out into that day with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about, it feels overwhelming, I'm sure to someone new to be like, how am I going to fix all of these things? And I got to deal with my cancer. And it's like, if you start working on the foundation of it all and just start f- finding good thoughts every day mm-hmm. and staying in a positive space, no matter what, then you'll attract more of that with the laws of attraction, right? Magnet. Totally. And then you have to think about um, things that are simple, like listening to good content or reading good content, watching funny things. Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones, not really on the prescription for you right now (laughs) if you're dealing with something in crisis, right? Right. 
Like you want to watch the Three Stooges or something, like whatever's going to make you laugh. My mom loves Everybody Loves Raymond. So um, totally, those are easy ways to kind of prime and get yourself into a good place. And I love that Kelly Turner, and I included this in the book because I love it so much, is there is that pressure. There is that fear. Oh my gosh. Once you learn this stuff and say, say you have a cancer diagnosis, you know, if you have a human tendency to, to kind of spiral in fear for an afternoon or you haven't been sleeping, so you're a little less um, kind of in control of your thoughts and emotions, um, you know, you start to, it kind of compounds the fear because you're like, oh shit, I've been negative this whole last couple days, you know, that's going to make me sicker. No, Kelly Turner in her research, she really, un, like it, these people only, um, the people that she studied only needed to be like consciously in happiness and joy and, you know, watching a funny movie, even if they just spent five minutes a day thinking, imagining, um, things that made them happy or laughing or, you know, whatever it is, that's going to spark that positive emotion and joy and, and happiness. Um, even if you just do it five minutes a day, that it's, it's almost like positive is exponentially more powerful than negative. Mm-hmm. So you just have to, you know, don't, don't be in fear that your mind is negative and it's going to make you sicker. That's human, you know? Yeah. Um, but we do want to employ these practices so that you can keep, you know, where what started as five minutes a day now, uh, you get hit with something negative and, and it, you're only in negativity for 20 minutes rather than yeah. six hours, you know, and it just keeps getting less and less and the balance gets more, you know, healthier and healthier. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's the, the baby steps towards inundating yourself with good feeling things. Like I was telling the team yesterday, I was reading your book by the pool and I had a moment or like a while where I didn't know if I was here or not because the temperature was perfect outside. Mm. It w- the air was still. And I felt so good because I had just been working so hard in the last like 48 hours to have completely positive, good feeling thoughts. Like I keep hearing Esther Hicks in my head, good feeling thoughts, good feeling thoughts. And if you're having bad, good, bad feeling thoughts, go to sleep and reset because the mm. body resets in that time. But it really make, makes such a difference. So even if you are doing it for five minutes, you're going to attract some good. It's going to make you feel good. And then you're going to keep building off of that. Mm-hmm. You mentioned fear. Okay, so this was Anita Morjani. And even knowing Anita's story and interviewing her, I still forgot what that turning point was for her body to completely spontaneously heal as they were reading her her last rites, basically. Um and she was talking about how her dad, she had problems with her dad or her dad always wanted her to have an arranged marriage and she rebelled and she was left with this feeling that she had let her father down and she had never wanted to be that kind of daughter. Um, now here I was with him in the other realm because she was in a coma and went to the other side and all I felt from him and for him was pure unconditional love. There was no judgment from him at all for anything that I had done. In that moment, I reached a state of complete and total clarity. And in that state of clarity, I understood why I had the cancer. I understood how it was that every decision and every choice I had made in my life up to that point was made from fear. Full chills. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love... I mean, again, she... 
went, she had a near-death experience and she experienced this other realm and, and it's, it resonates deeply with me because I feel like, you know, whatever terms you have about heaven or God or source energy, you know, where we go back to when we die, like she described this other realm, um, you know, where, where she, she's not sitting there physically with her dad. It was the essence. And she had this whole conversation and it was just, it was a love that she couldn't describe in words. And, and I love that she got that clarity because so many of us are driven from fear, you know, and, and this is why I love Marianne Williamson and the Course in Miracles, because in every moment we can either come from fear or we can come from love. And if we come from fear, we're experiencing hell on earth. And if we come from love, we're experiencing heaven on earth, you know, and, and it's, you know, it ties into the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, you know, our source, we come from love and we return to love. And, you know, that's the challenge, the human challenge in every moment to, to choose from love. And it's so easy, especially if we're raised with not the most empowering belief systems and subconscious beliefs, um, it's so easy to come from fear. Mm -hmm. You know, we fear because our core belief systems is I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not safe. You know, those are the three biggies. And, um, if, if that's, if that's running our program, if that's the, if that's the lens that we're looking through at life, then everything's pretty scary, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're driven by fear so that we can, you know, manipulate people into loving us or we try to be perfect and we don't allow ourselves mistakes, um, because, you know, we're so terrified that we're not safe. We're not loved if we make a mistake, you know, Mm -hmm. this is my experience. Yep. So (laughs) I understand it well. (laughs) So again, um, you know, it comes back to our subconscious belief systems and because she was raised in such a rigid kind of Hindu, um, culture in her, you know, but then she, she got a taste of Western culture by, by going to a, an English school in Hong Kong. Um, she was so conflicted, you know, and, uh, and so, but I, I love the, I think the biggest thing is the non-judgment, mm-hmm. you know, we judge, we judge others, we judge ourselves, ourselves even the worst, the worst, right? Well, we're judging others because we're judging ourselves. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think, um, I think, yeah, she harbored a lot of guilt and a lot of confusion and there's so much in there that just ate her away and created so much disease. Mm-hmm. So knowing that you connect with that level of fear, was it your work with Heal that helped you realize that? I think it was, you know, I put all these teachers in the film because they had at different phases. I, I was thinking about doing the film for eight years, you know, before I actually started down that road. And... And so it was throughout that kind of eight years and, and even longer with some of the people, um, like Marianne Williamson, I read her book when I was 20 years old or 19 years old, and it just completely opened my eyes and resonated about, you know, with my spirituality. And I just wanted to, it sent me on this like seeking path, you know? Um, and so I think that heal was a good, uh, classroom or test challenge, you mm-hmm. know, to where I had to implement all of, all of the things I had learned, you know, and believed and could easily tell some, someone else to do, but, um, I had to put it into practice. So, you know, I think I, 
I learned all the stuff prior and, and, and it empowered me, you know, when I first learned it, but, but then, you know, I was faced with having to really live it every day. So how did you replace fear with love? Like if someone's listening and they're like, well, how do I do it? What's the tangible kind of advice you can give? Oh, I think, um, developing spiritual practices is the, well, it, it, that's what worked for me. So I learned meditation, I think 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, do you do it every day? I do it every day. I think that I could do it more. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I definitely like at least take, you know, 10 to 15, I can always find 15 minutes to just close my eyes and just get back to the breath and, and let the thoughts, you know, float by like clouds, um, and not hold on to them. Um, or you, you know, you catch a thought and you start to think about this situation that's happening or this thing you need to do tomorrow or this thing you feel guilty about in the past. Um, and then, but the more and more you practice, you're quicker to come back to awareness and and let it go, you know? So that's, that's why it's called a practice Mm -hmm. and, and meditation for me, it creates space. Um, and it turns you within and it, it shuts your eyes and it, it cuts off all of the stimulation we have in the outside world. And, and again, you start to breathe deeper, which connects you then to your inner voice, your intuition. Um, you quiet your mind so that your intuition can actually, you can discern what, what your head is saying from what your gut and your heart are saying. Um, but most importantly, it like, you know, they liken it to, you know, we, we have physical hygiene every day. We shower off, mm-hmm. you know, and Marianne Williamson is like, you need to shower off your mind and these thoughts and this toxicity that we're taking on. You know, if we watch the news, it's 99% negative, you know, um, and all of that stuff is kind of sticky in mm-hmm. your, in your head. So meditation is your mental hygiene, you know, and to, and it creates space. It lets all of that stuff go. It moves the energy. And then when you can create space, then you're not reactive to life. You can, you have the space, you have the vessel to respond to life rather than just be triggered all the time and react because you're full, you Mm -hmm. know? I like mental hygiene. Yeah. I really like that. That like sticks to me because when you think about it, it's like, have you ever gone forest bathing? I know you talk about it in the book. Have you ever done it? No. It's amazing. I'm going to take you. Okay, good. Okay. So we were forest bathing. It was amazing. And then as we were going back, once we got close to like the, you know, the end of the forest, you could just see the cityscape and it was lights and it was, and there was normally you would look out and you'd be like, what a beautiful view. Now I was like, Oh, I had like this thing in my stomach, like, Oh my God, no wonder we're all so sick. It's just so much light and frenetic energy and just like, and I was like, Oh my God, no wonder we're all sick. Mm-hmm. And we're taking in so much. So I was trying to explain it to my husband yesterday. I'm like, imagine you were doing a bicep curl all day with a 10 pound weight. At some point you're going to get exhausted, right? You're not gonna be able to do it anymore. Our brain is the same way. Mm-hmm. Why are we not treating our brains like that and saying, I need 15 minutes to just meditate. And if you don't feel comfortable meditating on your own, use a guided meditation or something that you can just slip away and give your brain a break. Like we need to do that at least once a day, mm-hmm. but definitely I would think twice a day would behoove us so much yes. more. I get my <laughs> once a day. Most of the time I, I fall in and out sometimes. Like I've been 
definitely out because I've been traveling a lot and I don't have good consistency when I travel. When I get home, I get so happy. I can get back into my rhythm and have my smoothies and do my meditation and I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we need to give our our brains a break. I like mental hygiene. Yeah. And they they say, you know, if that old Zen proverb that I, I put in the book, um, you know, you should meditate for, for 20 minutes a day or 20 minutes twice a day. Um, and if you're too busy and you can't find time, then you should meditate for an hour. Oh my <laughs> God. Yes. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. Because a lot of people say they're too busy or they, you know, they're too even more. ADHD. I couldn't possibly slow my brain down. Well, anything you can achieve anything with a little practice. Yeah. That's you need I'm, it more than anyone. When I usually am like, we put people on the moon so we can do pretty much anything we want. Mm-hmm. So that's not a good excuse. Um, there are two other things I wanted to get to was one was the field. We talk a little bit about the field. Yeah. Um, so Joe Dispenza talks about it a lot and he's, his work is getting just exponentially more and more powerful. Um, he does speaking of retreats, if you want to go on a retreat, this is the next one I'm going on is one of his advanced week longs. And what he does is he takes the people through, um, guided meditation. So they're, they're just like exercising that muscle and it changes their frequency. Um, and, and then at the end of the week, because, um, he guides the, he basically takes eight people and then someone that's in the most need of healing, they put them in the center of the, the circle or the square and they call it cage healing is, is one of the affectionate terms they use. And so he, the people on the outside, um, he guides them through a meditation so that they're really high vibe, high vibration. And they've got that unconditional brain heart coherence. That's just, you're, you know, you're vibrating at the highest frequency when your heart and brain are in coherent states. Um, and so then they send the intention through their hands and their hearts to the person in the center of the circle. And, you know, they, they, they only do it for about 10 minutes, but what they're doing is they're sending that intention into the field and they're affecting the electromagnetic field of the person that's in the middle. Um, and, and they, you know, describe incredible healing things, you know, miraculous things in, in most people's terms. But Dr. Joe says, you know, when you see something once it's miraculous, when you see something twice, it's a coincidence. When you see something three and four times, you know, it's scientific and, and he's, you know, doing all the scientific measurements in order to, um, back it. But the other cool thing is, you know, the person in the middle that's having this their, their, their energy is being affected. Their, their field, their energy field is shifting. And then when their energy field shifts, matter shifts, you know, and a lot of times, um, you know, Dr. Joe explained to me that we think that matter emits a field and in order to change the field, you've got to change the matter. But he said, you know, this Harvard researcher or Yale, um, uh, I can't remember which, but they did research and proved basically that it's actually the field, the person's energy field, the animal's energy field that organizes the matter. So if you can change the field, then, you know, cancer dissolves because it can no longer, that low frequency, that low vibration tumor can no longer exist in that high frequency field. And so he's seen tumors dissolve. He's seen vision restored. People get up from wheelchairs, Wheelchairs, you know, so it's, 
it's pretty wild. But, you know, he talks about the quantum model of causing an effect. And, and we've been so ingrained with cause and effect, you know, the cause and then the effect. Uh, but we can actually consciously cause an effect by getting our heart and brain into a coherent state and sending intention. So amazing. Yeah. He was on the show and he was like, can you come in June? And I'm like, Oh, I couldn't go in June, but I would definitely go. Yeah. I would definitely go. Um, and then emotional blockages leading to physical blockages. I think that's a really big one. Yeah. And, um, you know, Kelly Turner calls it a theory because she's a very, scientifically trained, you know, she's a researcher and she's, everything has to be proven by science. But, um, in, in traditional Chinese medicine, you know, all the acupuncture points there, all the organ systems, everything is connected by these energy meridians. And, um, in, in ancient Chinese medicine, they, you know, different organ systems process different emotions, you know? So, um, one of the experts in the film and the book is Dr. Darren Weissman, and he's trained as a chiropractor, but he also does muscle testing. And he developed this system called the lifeline technique, which is basically kind of, he decoded the language of the body basically. And so he can, and he can do this remotely over Skype, which is beautiful. Um, but through muscle testing, um, he can pinpoint, uh, where the blockage is and what, you know, and then he can like come up with the year that you had this traumatic event happen and what, you know, it's wild because he's just gone through, you know, and then he muscle tests and he's like, is it, you know, one through 12, no, 12 through 24. And he's got this whole list and the body tells you, uh, where the blockage is, what emotion it is, how to move it you know, through and what age you were when the event happened. It's wild. But, um, but yeah, so a lot of us aren't, we're not given the tools to process emotion in a healthy way. I mean, again, I've learned all this stuff and I still have trouble processing yeah. emotion and really feeling it and, and allowing it to be there. And rather than we're just, we're so good at sweeping it under the rug and mm-hmm. repressing it or suppressing it. Um, and it's out of survival, you know, we're, especially when we're younger, we don't have the capacity to deal with that much pain. So our body kind of stores it away or it's, it's not fully processed. Um, so that stays in you and it, and it could manifest um, energetically into something later on or in an organ system um, mm-hmm. that, that is associated with that emotion. So again, it's so wild, but there are people out there that are decoding and translating the language of the body. And it, you know, it never lies. It's trying to communicate with us at all times. It's cool because, um, when I was reading, there was a part where they talked about the lungs are the signal for grief. Mm -hmm. And what were the other ones? Do you remember? Liver I know is anger Mm -hmm. and a lot of skin issues, um, are connected to the liver. Um, and, and so liver is anger. I think, um, I don't know, the spleen and the pancreas or something else and the kidneys or something. Yeah. But I was looked at, started searching online. Yeah. Like I paused the book, I looked over and I was like, okay, what is a brain tumor? Because I was yeah. like so curious to see what that was the- connected to. And I couldn't find anything. It was so hard because it just started bringing me to brain tumor research with Chinese medicine, like what Chinese medicine can do to help. Okay. And I was like, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Maybe I'll ask. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's so interesting because I, I have a friend with a brain tumor right now that it'd be really interesting to see yeah. if that's correlated to something that happened in their childhood or something that they might need to look at. Totally. Um, and I know breast cancer, a lot of times, a couple things came up in the research. 
One, it's often tied to root canals. Yes. No, I marked that too. Yeah. My mom had a root, had many root canals that probably led to hers, her tumor as well. But I know that's brain and different than breast cancer, but yeah, but I mean, look, your mouth is so close to your brain. And, um, so what happens is they don't clean them properly and, and, you know, they're taking out the root. So there's no blood supply there that could possibly heal an infection. So if they don't clean it properly before they close it up, then an infection is brewing, but there's no blood supply to heal it. So that low grade infection is just taxing the immune system. And it's also maybe dripping some toxins down your vagus nerve, you know, and your lymph node systems. And it's kind of dripping right down into your breast tissue and which may or may not, you know, it's a correlation, but it's a high correlation. Yeah. So if you're dealt with that diagnosis, I would, I would look into your, your dental health. Or let's get even earlier. If you have to get a root canal, you really need to think about where you're going. And the problem is, is dental hygiene is so expensive Mm. that the first thing people skimp on is they go to the cheapest dental hygienist to do, you know, whatever dental work they have to do. I know because I watched my parents do that. Mm -hmm. I watched my mom go to, you know, the colleges when I was younger and have the students do it. Oh, yeah. Because they were poor. They were janitors. They couldn't afford, you know, real good dental work. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a friend recently who was doing the same thing and I refused. I was like, you are going to my dentist. He's one of the best. And that is that. And I don't care how much it costs. And it was many thousands of dollars. I'm like, everything starts there. Mm. It really does. It's so underrated. It, it is. And, 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 you know, just, I think awareness is the first step. So to even be aware that like, you know, I have a root canal that I need to address and I was actually had an appointment to address it and then I got pregnant and I didn't want to maybe possibly release and do all these yeah. things while I was pregnant. Um, but I still need to address it because I know that, uh, you know, my lymph nodes often get swollen and I'm, I'm fairly sure it's connected to this low grade infection I've had my whole life. Yeah. You know? Um, and your my parents just didn't know, you know, we're not aware. So to really go to a dentist who is conscious of how important it is to do it properly, you know? Oh, so you had one done a long time ago. A long time ago. It's been in my mouth and I've learned all this during the oh. film and I'm like, oh shoot, I have to take care of that. I like So you have to know. have them take it out and redo it. Mm-hmm. <gasps> but also it's like not that easy. Like you either have to get a bridge or an implant or it's, it's, I wish they could just like take it out, clean it and, and put it back together, but yeah. then, or, you know, put the crown back on or whatever they do. Um, but they say, you know, the infection will just come back. Uh, so it's it's really hard to fully clean because it's like dead tissue in there. So yeah. It's gross. But um, huh. yeah, it's just, it's not as easy as I wish it yeah. was. You know? Is there a test you can take a blood test to see if you have infection in you? Like, would it capture something so low grade? I think the best way that I'm aware of is thermography. Mm-hmm. So you go because it's non-invasive and there's no harm in it, I believe. And it can show where you have inflammation and infection in your body. I mean, it can actually show, and this is how they've kind of tied it to breast cancer a lot of times, that it like the infection drips down into your breast tissue. Wow. Yeah. So I think thermography is a really important tool for early detection of cancer and also, you know, infections. Wow. Well, Kelly, I have about a thousand questions I didn't even look at, but um, we've come to that point where I have to say, 
we have to do another part to this at some point. Um, Before I let you go, though, I want to know what is one thing you are implementing into your life right now to make you better and health wise, emotionally, spiritually? Um, I mean, I think that I, I, I'm like an avid gratitude journalist. So every day, even if it's, even if I'm the busiest day, you know, of the year, I, I try to at least write down two sentences. I'm a big writer too. I like to journal. Um, but I think gratitude is a really strong tool to get you out of fear, out of negativity, out of victimhood. Um, we can always find something to be grateful for at the very least your heart beating and your, your breath. Um, but so I, every day I write down things that I'm grateful for, um, you know, the health of my loved ones, et cetera. And then I also mix in things I'm grateful for that I want, Mm -hmm. um, as if they are already here and I'm already experiencing them. So for instance, I'd be like, I'm, you know, I'm so grateful that my milk is flowing abundantly or I'm so grateful that I'm on Maria's show and poof, I'm here, you know? Yeah. But, um, it's, it's such, such a great tool and it, and it shifts your vibration. If you're, if you're in gratitude, it, it, you know, releases healthy chemistry into your body Mm -hmm. and it also just shifts your frequency. I love it. Thank you so much. And thank you again for populating us with all of the amazing experts that were on heel. We talk about you on a weekly basis here. So, um, so (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Cause we're better together. We are better together. (laughs) I love it. All right, guys, what did we learn? I love (laughs) Kelly Noonan and I, I love replacing fear with love. Mm-hmm. I think oftentimes when we make our decisions based in a fear mode, it's always going to lead us to a bad decision. But when we make decisions out of love and graciousness and gratitude, we're going to be healthier inside and outside. So that's definitely, I need to apply that more because sometimes I get scared. <laughs> I get scared too, stuff. I get scared too, um, a lot, but I think when you realize that fear doesn't bring anything good mm-hmm. other than if you're running from a psycho with a knife, yeah, then that's good. But I think we're elevated enough now to know the difference in fears, like the good fears and the bad fears. Right. Um, but I think, yeah, replacing fear with love or like good feeling thoughts. And that's just what I keep focusing on. Good feeling thoughts. What's going to make me feel good riding in my car right now or, you know, going for a walk or whatever it is, it's going to make you feel good focusing on that. Perfect. This always happens to us. (laughs) Always. We do have Brandy Lee in the live chat on YouTube. Thank you guys for tuning in live. And she said that she had to take a 15 minute break at work when she got overwhelmed. So I think it's really important to apply that. Totally. Because you, you'll come back and you'll be way more productive in a better headspace. You won't be giving your negative energy to the workplace. Mm -hmm. It's just a way, absolutely way better. Steven. I really liked the quote that she gave, which was, uh, life is going to keep continuing to give you the same issues until you learn the lesson from them. Mm -hmm. So whether or not that's like how people interact with you and if people are treating you terribly, maybe you're putting out something that you need to take what they're giving you as life's lesson and be like, oh, how can I fix that? Exactly. And then once you fix that, you won't be experiencing that. Or if you fix what you think it was. Maybe if you still experience that, there's something else to learn from that lesson. Totally. So true. It's yeah. like 
the worst truth, the worst, best truth. Cause you're like, damn, that's right. I know. I know. It's like when they say, if you see it, you've got it or see it, you spot it, you've got it. And it's like, no, I don't got it. But then Kelly Casso explained it to us on the show. If you listen to her episode, it was really good. Um, but you know what? Like the best thing I would say to do is if you've got these recurring issues in your life, write them down. And then if it's on paper, you can start to address, well, why is that happening? What could I be doing to contribute, right? So that issue I was talking about at the top of the show, I literally had to sit and think, okay, what could I have done to contribute this? Oh, well, I assumed this. And that was an energy I brought that was disempowering. And then it spiraled into all of this stuff. So I had to assume my part in it. And then once I did, and I brought in the other reinforcing beliefs of like, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, I'm, you know, just trying to do something good. And if that's not something that's wanted and done, then you can kind of make the adjustments. But I think writing it down is really probably a helpful first step. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Because mm-hmm. I bet you if you write it, start to write it down, you would write the same things down or in the same family. Probably. Like I used to do it when I would fly. So at some point... Um, a few years ago, I was, I drew the line. I'm like, I need to start going on vacations. Kevin hates them. So I started taking Alyssa and we would go to Mexico, like right after Christmas for a couple of days. And I would use the flight time to write down all of the things that were stressing me out in my life, you know, down to the water bottles clinking and clanking in the back of my car, because you drink one through it in the back and then a bunch of them would clink and it would drive me nuts. And so whatever it was, uh, my calendar or whatever it was, I wrote it all down and then next to it was solutions. And I would on those flights figure out the solutions to every problem so that I could knock it off the list. And they're always going to come. New ones are going to come. But I knocked those off the list and it would make me feel so much better about how I started the year. Um, But you don't have to wait till the new year for that. Yeah. So I like lists. They help. I've been working on my list game. Yeah. Slow improvements, but it's happening. Hey, <laughs> any improvements are good improvement. In the meantime, thank you guys for listening to Better Together with Maria Menounos, whoever that is. Um, please <laughs> continue to help us by rating, commenting, subscribing. Let us know, um, you know, what you're getting out of this. We really love the feedback. Um, I love hearing from you guys. If you love the show, share a favorite episode perhaps, or share something that's helped you or you learned from so that we can continue to bring in like-minded people into our, our little click here and we can all help each other because we're better together. New episodes drop every Monday. If you want to reach us by email, you can get us at better together with Maria at gmail.com, or you can just visit Maria Um, we are launching a Patreon that will include exclusive episodes and access and some surprises. Right, Stephen? Yeah, it's a whole community that we're building. Uh, We're going to have a Discord where people can access and chat with other people who love the show and love the topics. Uh, We're also going to have you jump in there from, from time to time. Me and Steph will be in that. It's like a chat group where... Everyone can constantly be talking about these kind of things. So if you ever need advice and things like that, there will be a place for you to put it in there. Or if you want the exclusive content, we'll post everything on that as well. So uh, the Patreon is going to be a really cool community. We're kind of soft launching it right now. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have uh, a lot more information, a lot more fun stuff on there in the coming weeks. Perfect. In the meantime, the Heal book that we were just chatting about with Kelly is available on October 22nd. You can purchase it wherever books are found. Um 
which generally means Amazon for most of you. Amazon, yeah, Barnes and Noble, <laughs> any most bookstores. I'm sure you can pre-order it, but yes, yeah. you can. So yeah, if if you're out there, um, you need this book one thousand percent. Uh huh. Um, you can also watch the Heal documentary on Netflix. If you haven't already, it's an amazing, amazing documentary. Anybody that you know that's going through a trying time, it's very, very helpful. Um, it's also available on Amazon, iTunes, and so much more. In the meantime, follow us at Maria Menunos, at Kelly Gores, at Steph Sabra, at Stephen Lemieux Photo. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. <laughs>